Drop the subject. The new channel Q. James Quincy Simmons. You have you have the, the middle name in there. Now, did you you're a nurse practitioner, you uh-huh. have a bachelor, you have a you have a you have a bachelor's, you have a master's, and you're working on your doctorate. Is it because I'm crazy? Because you just love school uh, and, and, debt. and debt, right? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, and who doesn't? Right. And I hear these, these commercials, days. right, about people who are like, "I'm drowning in my twenty-one thousand dollars of debt." I'm like, You're "Honey, like, twenty-one thousand, girl, that was one quarter ten years ago." <laughs> <laughs> I got all. You want debt? I got all the debt right here. Uh, now, now, did now were you born with the middle name Quincy, or did you add the Quincy? It, right, you would think I would. I didn't know. You know, just a minute ago, you gave me the full name treatment, and Michaela's giving me nicknames. I love it. Uh, but I'm going off of what I've been given, the which James is... James Quincy Simmons. Yes. I usually just go by James or like, hey, you, or like, shut up. But uh, Yes, but I, I think when you have a unique middle name like Quincy, you got to utilize it. I should it. own it? Thank you. I am going to utilize it then. Well, James Quincy Simmons was born June 21st. Now, no, we won't go back that far. <laughs> uh, Quincy is a family name. Is it? Interesting. There are Jameses and there are Quincys in every generation of my family. And, Those uh, seem like old, old Old school names. names, right? In fact, there is a James and a Quincy as far back in my f- as my family can go to slavery. No way. Yeah, my dad's side of the family is black. And we have, so they're offshoots either direction. There is a James or a Quincy in every generation. So fast forward to my uncle, whose name is James, had five girls. <laughs> okay, well, then you got to do a Jamie. Then, well... They tried. Well, Quincy's unisex. Quincy's great. My dad was like, his. Well, there's a Quincy in there. He's like, I got to give him James and I got to give him Quincy. So we ended up with James Quincy Simmons. See, now I wonder when I have kids if I'm supposed to use the names that have kind of been in my family for a while. Like if you have kids, are you feeling obligated to name them Quincy or James to keep the tradition going? To, to keep it going. I, you know what? For the longest time, I was like, I'm having kids. I'm having boys. I'm naming one James. I'm naming one Quincy. And now I'm not having kids at all. Oh, so that's a set decision. I have no desire. Nope, my siblings can do that. It's fine. I will be, I'll still be the fun gunkle, right? Yeah, there'll be like a wing Quincy there somewhere. Right, so like someone will have a Quincy. We'll adopt a kid eventually. From, from Wuhan. No. Name him Quincy. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get into a lot of, uh, of health related things later in the show today. Uh, I have a specific question for you about my wife, who I consider to be a hypochondriac. I need basically some advice from you. And, uh, and we're also doing a bit of a Mythbusters later in the show when it comes to myths about the common cold. Of course, we are going to break down the caucus coverage and, you know, some of the crazier impeachment stuff that's going on. But I just wanted to ask you, you know, do you feel because I actually know a lot of male nurses. Mm -hmm. I feel like a higher average than most people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are now more men practicing nursing than used to? Because I, I feel like it used to be like, oh, you know, there's like people would be like, oh, it's a male nurse. Like you would say male nurse <laughs> just because there are not a lot of a them lot out of there. Us. And Correct. do you feel like that's changed over the years? Is it something that you've noticed in your uh, in your career? Very much so. I have noticed it in my career that it has changed recently. And I think there's just more in general, there's just more reverence for the role that nurses play. And so there's much more like I'm, I'm working on my doctorate. You mentioned degrees earlier. So I will have a doctorate of, in nursing practice come June. Um, and there are CEOs of hospital systems. There are CEOs of insurance companies who are nurses. And people are really figuring out. This is my little plug for nursing, I guess. People are really figuring yeah. out that like nurses are, are you ready for this old school phrase, thebomb.com, and (laughs) nurses are thebomb.com, and 
It's not a like I'm just passing uh, you a medicine and then like you know rubbing down your tush with a sponge, which we traditionally which you're great at. I'm sure. Hor- well, they, and they are great. Yeah, I am very good at tush rubbing, but. It's not just the only thing that the rule sees. And so I think people are really, really intelligent people, male, female, trans, it doesn't matter, are saying, oh, I can really have a fantastic career in this. Being a nurse, I can be on the radio, I can be a, a health expert on air, I can do all these different things as nurses. And so it's drawing more people than you're just sort of traditional straight woman. You well, know? I uh, that that's amazing. I, I think that's wonderful. And I, I in my experience, have had... Uh, plenty of bad doctor experiences. Never had a bad nurse experience. <laughs> I feel like That's the nurse is always about. the one who's like gonna comfort you, gonna give you what you need, gonna make sure everything's closed up, tied with a little bow. Mm-hmm. Gives gives all the initial essential information to pass on to the doctor and then the doctor's like hi uh i don't know i have a computer in front of me and i just got out of college i think it's a sprain okay bye Uh, the nurse get back here and then i'm running nurse please come help me out well i will say so i never want to you know a lot of people come at me with this on social media uh, about like you know you must hate doctors because i'm like ask the np right no i never hate physicians at all. We are all a team. We need physicians around. But there is a reason that nurses have been the most trusted profession in the United States for 18 years in a row. Everything you just said, like we got I it. depend on the nurse. Absolutely. We get the science, we get the medicine, we get the disease, but most importantly, we get you like as a person head to toe. We understand that you're fighting with your mm-hmm. husband, even though you're in having chemo right now right? and how that might affect everything. You're spending more time with the patient than the doctor is usually. You, typically, yes. Huh. And so we just learn the patient in a different way, I think. Now with, with this job, do you, oh, we got to wrap up already? All right. Well, I have so many more questions already. Yes. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to table my next question because it's about, you know, if you're on a plane and someone says, is there a doctor on board? Do you stand up? Very controversial. The short answer is yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, We're going to cover some of the caucus stuff next. Uh, The uh, results are basically just a giant shrug emoji, but the candidates (laughs) would feel differently. So we'll go over some of their quote unquote victory speeches after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Quite a jam-packed show today. I'm Allie Johnson, joined today by nurse uh, nurse practitioner James Simmons is with me all show long. Welcome, James. Hope you're enjoying yourself so far. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's better than most people. I'll take it. You know. Uh, now, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because I was unaware you were in Iowa for a time. This so, is, uh, it's a thing. So caucusing <laughs> is something that you're familiar with. Uh, I am, right? Is this heaven or is it an Iowa caucus? <laughs> the So I did, I went to school, my undergraduate was in uh, Iowa, and I grew up in Omaha, which is right next to Iowa. So a lot of times you'll hear them, uh, the cam- the candidates will be stumping in council bluffs. That's kind of the, the Omaha side. That's kind of where I grew up. Uh, so I went to school in Iowa. I actually worked at a caucus site as a part of, as a little volunteer with the Democratic Party in 1990. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We're not yeah. going to go into the specific right. year. I yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, was it a cluster F back then? It was not a cluster F back then because we used that old school technology called uh-huh. a pen and paper. Got it. Yeah. Ah, we're still familiar with that here in radio. Now, the, what's going on is that, you know, yesterday was the caucus. We expected to have results by midnight and then midnight. I went to sleep last night going, oh, okay, in the morning we'll know some information, at, you know, like most people. And then you, you know, get the alerts and you look up and you're like, who won? And then 
you see that there is no winner. And <laughs> then you see Iowa caucus turns into a complete disaster. And mm-hmm. let's uncover the mess in Iowa. And the truth is... We've been doing this for a while now, and I know they were trying to make it more efficient with an app, uh, but they're Iowa. It's not Silicon Valley. <laughs> well, hey, now, as a former kind of part-time Iowan, I will not, I will not take offense to that. But <laughs> So listen, here, I, I, and I want to get your thoughts about this, too, as well, uh, that, that, you know, they tried to use an app. So I, I was talking about this last night with my husband and th- saying, all right, I think this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. Like, Iowans are really trying to use new technology. They have this app. It's supposed to make it easier. Mm. Everyone's kind of poo-pooing the caucus process anyway. Why is Iowa first? Why do we caucus? They're like, well, we're going to make it cool with an app, right? Okay. And so then the backup plan was, well, if the app doesn't work, call us. Except all 1,700 caucus locations were calling one one line. line. Right. So then you called, and it was like, welcome, All of our service (laughs) coordinators are really working more than they thought they would, and we're not going to be able to help you for hours. We will be with you in 147 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) We can call you back when it's a better time, so you're not waiting on hold. Press 2. Yeah, so a lot of the precinct chairs couldn't download the app. They couldn't get support from the state party to help them and facilitate it, and as a result, we are still waiting. So... They have announced, I believe, uh, so Democratic Party Chair Troy Price, he has just said that the presidential campaigns this morning, uh, he just told the presidential campaigns this morning that they plan to release the majority of the results by 5 p.m. Eastern. So perhaps by the end of the show, we might have a little more information. We may know something. But but do you think this is as a apocalyptic as I feel like everyone's making it sound. So I'm watching one of the, you know, all the typical pundits who are sitting at their desk last night and they're, this is an absolute disgrace and a disaster. And I, at the end of the day, like, let's really think about this. This is a long process. We got New Hampshire and then we have people who actually know how to vote. Like we, this is a long process. Is this really a disaster or are we just finding out a day later than we expected? Well, I, I guess the delay is not the biggest problem. I think it's the fact that everyone has been... There's so much riding on this, mm-hmm. right? We've been waiting for the past three-plus years to say, okay, we get a do-over. We're going <laughs> to be able to reverse oh, all of God. this and fix it. And then this is the first kind of preliminary... Uh, I mean, this is the the caucus where a, a lot rides on it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of information as to how the next six months is going to go. So the fact that it was an S show, <laughs> a complete right, makes S people show. go, "Oh God, none of this is going to be go. simple." Right, and it's going to be worse as we go on. Exactly. Now, what I find interesting is that even though they announced that there was no winner. Every Democratic candidate (laughs) declared themselves a winner in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Just take a listen. This is Pete Buttigieg's uh, quote-unquote victory speech. We are going on to New Hampshire victorious. So, again, I mean, no real information as to who the winner is, but he says he's victorious. Uh, hey, and hey, I feel like if Pete's going to say, I'm I'm ride or die, I'm in, let's go, let's go to New Hampshire. Although I do feel like there were some subtleties in this, right? Like, we are victorious. In general. It, right. What is your definition, Mayor Pete, of victorious? Uh, like, yeah. And so now this is, uh, Sand- Sanders was even more vague. <laughs> The results will be announced. Yeah, results! <laughs> and when those results are announced, I have a good feeling 
we're going to be doing very, very well here in Iowa. Okay, so I, there's that one. I they love. They just don't know what to do. Like they no, don't, they don't. Like Bernie doesn't even. Bernie always knows what to say, and Bernie just doesn't even know. He's like, well, oh, at some point in time, I'll get to tell you something. Yeah, I'll probably get information on this, and maybe the growth on my neck. Uh, now here's Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. <laughs> And so she actually was going to be even more vague, and then someone finished her sentence for her. Listen to this. It is too close to call, so I'm just going to tell you what I do know. You won! <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. And then she goes on to say... As the baby daughter of a janitor... Okay, I don't know. I, I don't a- understand what that had to do with anything, <laughs> but she decided to go into the baby daughter of a janitor. Uh, and then finally, we've got... Uh, Biden. We're going to walk out of here with uh, our share of delegates. We don't know exactly what it is yet, but we feel good about where we are. And look, so so it's on to New Hampshire. I mean, then eventually you're just like, we're moving on to New Hampshire. Right. That's the next one. And then finally, finally Clo- Amy Klobuchar couldn't exactly deliver a victory speech. Uh, this is what she had to say. We know there's delays, but we know one thing. We are punching above our weight. <laughs> She's like, hey, guys, I think I'm still in it. Wow. (laughs) All right. I did eat a salad with a comb a few months ago, and I'm still here. All right. Uh, We're going to be right back. We're going to take a little break. More Drop the Subject comes up next. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Allie Johnson here. Thanks for hanging with us on Drop the Subject. And if you're not already, please follow us at DTS Show. I'm joined all show long by nurse practitioner James Simmons. Where can people find you, James? At Ask the NP all over social. Ask the NP. Don't mind if I do. Well, please do. <laughs> so, and I I know that I must not be alone here. When you have a partner, even a good friend or a family member who's a bit of a hypochondriac. There's always one, right? There is. And I've married her. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. And, right. I, and I love her to death. Uh-huh. She is... Always very nervous about one minor health thing becoming and spiraling into some giant health concern. Like usually, it ends in cancer or death. That's what she thinks is the inevitable. Of course. Um, my some of the th- the conditions that my wife has thought she's had are including, but not limited to, benign eye floaters, uh, fibromyalgia, <laughs> o- ocular migraines, the end of her thumb going numb. Which could only mean paralysis. And stroke and yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes and, oh, okay, great. Thank you. Stroke uh, and death. And right, sudden right. death. I'm sure she's listening. Yeah. And then uh, bloating. One of the more recent was bloating leading to a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I'm so yes. bloated that I may have a heart attack. Oh, um, my. Now, <laughs> is this a severe case? Is this normal? Is What can I do and what can people do who have a similar situation uh, comfort these people without enabling them? Uh, nothing. All right. Oh, great. Ne- next segment. Great. great. All Thanks. right, let's go no, back to the caucus. We're, we're moving right back, back to Iowa. <laughs> uh, no, there is something you can do. This is very, very common. It's unfortunately very common. And I do have some suggestions for you and your wife. I've got, got a pen and paper. And I'm for, ready. For everyone listening who is a hypochondriac, because it a lot of times what, you know, so I work in the emergency room setting, I also work in the ICU. So what happens is people come in and that same thing. My thumb is numb. <laughs> I've had a stroke. I'm never going to be able to speak again. Like, you might as well just bury me now. This happens all the time. And so uh, we've kind of go in a cycle with it in healthcare. Like, at first, we're like, okay, whatever. I've heard this again. And then you start to become more empathetic because my first tip 
is, I think, why everyone is much more anxious about their health now than they used to be is Google. Yes, the internet. Stop Googling your symptoms because they will always and inevitably lead to cancer and death, right? Like, that's it. And what's crazy about that is cancer does have a ton of symptoms, a boatload of symptoms. My toe's going black, so I'm getting getting cancer, right? No, you're Why, not getting why cancer. Why is your toe going black? What does exactly. that mean? Well, that, and that's a totally something different. But there can be cancer related to that. So stop Googling things. It's really important, number two, also to be totally objective about what you're what you're looking at. So common things happen commonly is a, is a phrase we use in medicine. So you probably just have a cold. You don't have coronavirus. You haven't been in touch with anyone from China. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? You haven't flown to China yourself. So you probably just have a cold. You're not like dying from the coronavirus like Michaela thought she was earlier. Yes, but you have to look the person in the eye with a lot of love in your heart while you say that. Because it, that's if you don't do that and you just roll your eyes and go, honey, you don't you, you've got the common cold you don't have coronavirus uh-huh. then it makes doesn't you need to feel comforted that's the bedside manner that a lot of nurses have that one, i don't have 100 <laughs> well that's why you call your fellow nurse actually which is one of my other uh uh, uh things to do with you have a hypochondriac is have someone either personally in your life or a professional relationship with a provider that you know and love and trust right i know this person i know they're going to give me objective advice i know they're not bsing me so and and if that's a friend you call that friend, text that friend, uh-huh. say, hey, nurse friend, these are my symptoms. And nurse friend will say, girl, you're fine. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden you start to feel better because a professional told you. Wow. Well, thank God I have a nurse friend now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sure do. And if you have any questions for James Simmons, you go ahead and give us a call. 833-77-CALL-Q. The phone lines are open. If you have a hypochondriac significant other, or maybe you're the hypochondriac and you want to ease your pain and ease your mind on some of the things that you think you have, give us a call. 833 Call Q. I have another question for James when we get back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right. Lots to get to later on the show today. We have an update on impeachment. We will talk to Jarrett Hill a little later in the show to break down the Iowa caucus, some of the nitty gritty. And uh, he did his election night and late night last night. So, you know, I'm sure he'll have all kinds of information for us for just the tip Tuesday as well. A little later in the show, digital detoxing. It's a thing. And there are ways, good good and bad, to actually detox technology from your life. It could be great for your mental health. So we'll get into that. There's an app for that. There's an app for everything. <laughs> I hope Iowa didn't make it. Um, now, we've been talking about... Uh, when your partner is a hypochondriac, how do you deal with that? How do you just tell them, go to the doctor? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, And I wanted to ask you, too, a continuation about what we chatted about at the very beginning of the show, which was what happens when you're on a plane and someone says, hey, is anybody on here a doctor? Let's tackle the first one first. I... I uh, my wife always seems to think she has something, which is whatever. That's in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Then she, sometimes she puts that paranoia onto me, and here's what happened over the weekend. Uh oh. I. <laughs> this is so stupid <laughs> I'm already. So, I'm, I'm ex- so ready for it though. Okay. This is. Oh my god. Okay. I went. I went to bed on a Saturday night. Brushed my teeth. Did my normal routine, brushed my tongue. Uh-huh. One went, of the rare people who does. Okay, yes. yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to sleep. Woke up, brushed my teeth again as normal. Uh-huh. Didn't wake up to eat anything. No other weirdness happening as far as I know. Was this, you woke up in the middle of the night or you just woke up in the morning like normal? I woke up in the morning, okay. yeah, like normal. Uh-huh. Brushed my teeth, spit into the sink, and I saw black 
black crap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? Like, it's like I had eaten Oreos or something. Mm. I was like, what is going on? Uh, then I brushed my tongue again, brushed my teeth again. More of that. And then I was like, what is happening? So I I stuck my tongue out and it still had some black stuff on it. And I'm going, what the hell is this about? So and I I feel like I downplay any kind of medical things because my (laughs) wife is so. Yes. Uh So I was like, there's this weird thing where there was like black. I don't know. What what is that? And you don't brush your teeth with charcoal, right? You like you don't no. use charcoal, nothing no. black to brush your just teeth. A, okay. Just a regular Colgate gal, mm-hmm. James. <laughs> Very and good. she Plug for Colgate. So she Googles black tongue. Oh, uh, mm-mm. What was number one tip? No, no Googling. Yes. Yeah, so then right. she's showing me okay. giant black hairy tongues. Uh-huh, which is a diagnosis, by the way, hairy tongues. So that's, yeah. but, but is that the only diagnosis? What the hell else could that be? And then it has not happened since. So I must have just eaten Oreos in my sleep or I, something, right? 100%. So I'm, I'm blaming this on sleepwalking. Okay. You went to the refrigerator. You <laughs> ate something. You do not recall it, which is a whole other conversation we That's should have true. off off the air yeah okay uh no so honestly when when something dark's coming out of your mouth like that uh, this might scare your wife a little bit but the first thing we actually go to is like that's if it looks like oreos or coffee grounds that's actually it could be a sign that you were bleeding oh and that's dried blood oh lord but but bleeding doesn't mean like you were bleeding to death right if it, you could have brushed your teeth vigorously the night before okay had a tiny little bit of let's say bleeding gum okay it dripped on your tongue in the middle of the night and then in the morning you brushed it off great problem solved Pro- problem solved thank you but thank you, when you google black tongue or hairy tongue, right? You come up with all this stuff that inevitably leads to cancer and death. I was about to pick up shaving cream for my tongue. I mean, there was a lot, like the hairiest, like braidable hair on tongues. mm -hmm. I've never seen something so awful. Um, So when you are in a situation as a nurse practitioner, Mm -hmm. say you're at a restaurant, say you're on a plane and there's a medical emergency and you get the classic, uh, is anybody around here a doctor? Do you stand up and say, do you feel, number one, do you stand up? And number two, do you feel obligated to even if you don't want to? It is really, obligated is a really heavy word, right? Because most of the time I do, and personally, I'm also a glass or two of champagne into the flight. So then then I'm like, I am probably not the person because I'm a little bit of an anxious flyer. And so I will like right away get on the plane. And if we're like first class or I've tipped the the flight attendant or whatever, I'm like, give me champagne now. Like I need this to fly. Of course. So even uh, 30 minutes into the flight, sometimes they'll be like, uh, hey, is there a medical professional on? And I'm like, well, I'm here, but I'm not sure. Heimlich, Heimlich. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fascinating. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't include uh, alcohol into the equation. Mm-hmm. That makes a it's, big difference. It makes it makes a huge difference. Wow. All right, we have a lot more to talk about later on the show, uh, but and much more, many more questions for nurse practitioner James Simmons, who's joining me on the show today. But we're going to break down impeachment next. There is more crazy impeachment stuff. It no. continues, and it could be concluded. No tomorrow. I know it's nuts. We'll get into that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Alright, that's right. You came to the right place. Drop the subject with Allie Johnson and I'm joined all show long by nurse, practi- uh, nurse practitioner James Quincy Simmons. It's a lot. There's a lot of S's in there. I'm, <laughs> I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah. It's just taking me a second. I'm getting right. kind of hungry. Alright. <laughs> We're going to break down the impeachment. What is going on today? What's going to happen tomorrow? 
uh, there are a lot of people on the Senate floor saying a lot of things that are contradicting each other. So without further ado, we are getting into some crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. So, James, this is our high-quality intro for Crazy Impeachment <laughs> Because that's about... That could have been a defense on the Senate floor, as far as I'm concerned. Like, when the Democrats have been up there, hey, here is some crazy yeah. Trump stuff. Yeah. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I rest my case. <laughs> I, done. Don't, don't you... I, watching this whole thing, by the way, like C-SPAN, like they got their 15 minutes, right? They've been, they've been waiting yes. years to get that. But you're watching this and you're like, the, the Democrats, you're like, okay, they just wanted to be like, you could tell. Well, well don't you read his tweets? Can, 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 can't you see what he's been doing? Like, is, come on, guys, don't you see this? Guys, he's crazy. Right, like, you, right, right? Am I right? Am I right? Like, I feel like there was a lot yeah. of like, am I right? Am I right? And the Republicans, steadfast, they were like, nope. Nope, that's our dude. Like I, I will tell you that I I am clearly biased. Well, I may I maybe haven't ex- expressed this yet, but I'm very biased. I do think Trump is crazy. He should be impeached. He should also be removed from office. However, if there is an example of ride or dieism, word I just made up by the way, ride or dieism, it's the Republican Party through this entire crazy impeachment stuff. Well, and I think we see democracy sort of work against us sometimes when it comes to the how how the election is going right now. I mean, there's no clear front runner. Everyone has a lot of opinions. Everyone's loyalty is swinging this way and that. Mm-hmm. And it can work against us sometimes in that way. And you are 100 percent correct in the sense that they were like, that's our dude. We're behind him no matter what. Nope. And then he's like, I'm doing crazy ass. And they're like, it's fine. Cool. We made our choice. Um. Yeah. It's all good. I am okay with this. I mean, they're <laughs> saying that robot. he still has a huge approval rating when it comes to Republicans. And, you know, he obviously won the Iowa caucus when it came to the GOP. That mm-hmm. was easy. Um, but today, so yesterday, they basically took turns, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, giving their closing arguments. Today is all about some of the senators taking the floor and explaining what their votes are and why. And there are a lot of different opinions. For example, uh, Senator Bob Bob Menendez, he's a Democrat from New Jersey, he said that Trump's expected acquittal is, quote, not the exoneration of a president, it is the coronation of a king. And this is fascinating because seemingly if he is, I mean acquitted of all it will basically give him the permission to do whatever he wants and if he gets reelected it's kind of anyone's get like he has a playground to literally do whatever whatever he wants well and i I don't i almost feel bad you know sort of kind of saying this type of thing on air but i mean he said during his campaign right he could what what was it shoot someone in the middle of new york city and And on fifth avenue and no one can touch me no one could touch him and And he's proving that to be true it's apps he's absolutely proving that to be true and i i love that you know even tim kane was like uh this wasn't a trial i'm appalled but not surprised by this and Mm -hmm. what i think is so interesting is there's this juxtaposition between the Democrats just have this like uh, sort of morally indignant outrage about all the stuff that's going on and the Republicans are playing a different game. I know that I'm not the first person who said this. Lots of political pundits say this, but the Republicans and Donald Trump are playing a completely different game. And so if if there are no rules to mm-hmm. the game that they're playing and they are 100% ride or die behind this guy, uh, there was no chance for the Democrats at all. 
to impeach this guy to, I mean, he's he's impeached, whatever, but to be removed from office for them to find any sort of proof of anything going on. Because even though, you know, the polls are showing, even though people know this was absolutely a quid pro quo situation, he absolutely withheld those funds to the Ukraine. Yes. And they're all saying like, so? Too bad. And what you, what you going to do about it, by the way, because we stand with the president and we have the majority in the Senate. So you can be as morally indignant and righteous and, and upset about this. But guess what? You don't have the power. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think it's just shocking to see some of these these uh, Senate Republicans say that out loud mm-hmm. to kind of say, yes, I do know these facts, A, B, and C, to be true. I'm still going to quit the guy. Yep. And literally it's because of re-election or it's because of, you know, them kind of just sticking by just sticking by Donald Trump regardless of whether or not he's insane. So to see that just so black and white is mm-hmm. rather appalling. Absolutely. Appalling. Um, but also what great timing this is, because the Iowa caucus has gotten barely like not nearly the fraction of coverage it normally gets because the impeachment is going on. Right. Because there is so much crazy impeachment stuff. It's the best diversion ever. 100 percent. And I, I, you said Iowa and caucuses. And of course, Donald Trump, what, you know, one there like he's he's going to be the candidate but it made me think i was like so do the republicans know how to use apps better than the democrats <laughs> i don't think anyone needed <laughs> Is to this a, right right we're like oh but you know what he got he won with 97 oh, percent. did you see that no i didn't there are three percent of intelligent forthright <laughs> commonsensical republicans app in my old app downloading republicans and they were like well you know what maybe this guy was up to something i do think it is really telling by the way that you know we're the third impeachment ever of a president and his state of the union address tonight his speechwriter or his uh, deputy press secretary hogan gidley is actually coming out and saying the word impeachment is not in there right isn't in there unbelievable he's like no i don't need to no i don't i don't have he's to like, say don't this. worry i'll use it in my tweets and i'll misspell it um <laughs> go all kansas right. yes uh, go kansas <laughs> go the kansas chefs go the kansas uh, <laughs> all right uh mythbusters that's what we're doing next mythbusters with uh, james simmons our nurse practitioner friend who's joining us all show long about the common cold do you need to, are you gonna are you more likely to get a cold if you step outside with your hair wet all those things your mom told you could be bs we'll get into that next drop the subject the new channel q okay drop the subject with ali johnson and joined all show long by nurse practitioner James Simmons. I had yet another question for you, James. Oh, yes, this you is know, my thing. This is just great for me. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I hope the listeners are getting something well, out of it. No, but... I, I think they are because I, I, I think the question of painkillers is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about right now with the opio- opioid ep- epidemic. And there are a lot of doctors who are trying to be stricter about mm-hmm. giving them out. I recently hurt my shoulder. I tore my rotator cuff in a uh, really badass snowboarding accident. Since you didn't see it, I'm just going to tri- tell you that. triple sow cow, double flip, <laughs> whatever it's called. Sure, all thingy. of those. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, embarrassingly it, got snowmobiled down the mountain and everything and went to the medical clinic. Ouch. And when, uh, when I was leaving, they were like, all right, well, you good? And I was like, uh, <laughs> could I get like a little something for the pain? Like, you I should need... have some green tea. That'll help. They were like, are you good with Motrin? And I was like, I can't, you know, like something. Uh-huh, sure. But so then I had to kind of coax them out of 
giving me nothing and I talked him into just giving me just a couple of days worth of something which I I understand I knew the reason why they were doing that mm-hmm. but um part of the reason why I wanted at least a couple of days of it was because and I don't know if, if this is a common thing or if you support this just having a few extra as a stash, just in case something <laughs> like carry around in your purse for right, later right, on. Just for not even for fun. I'm saying if you throw out your back, uh, if you if you in an emergency, sure. If you have one or two, that's just kind of around. We like to have like a few just in case something just in happens. Case something happens. Is that is that okay? Is that normal? Just because. I feel like having a little something is just for a rainy day, and I and I slip and fall on my get... ass on that rainy day, and I need a little something uh, just for safety purposes. Is that something that you think people do, or that should be done, or is it just no? Let's get rid of them. That pe- people do do that. Do uh, do. Uh, ah. They do do that as, and it is actually part of what has led to the crisis, unfortunately. Oh, so no, because everyone will do that. So you'll get prescribed an opiate, and so it's like Vicodin or Norco or Percocet, something like that. And you need it. You need this when you are in pain. You don't heal well. So I, I want to be really explicitly clear. Like I am an advocate of getting people out of pain, but there are lots of ways to do that. And these opiates that we give people in pill form that you can take home are not always actually the best way to eliminate your pain. So, you know, I think they're really important to help you sleep because there's a little bit of a sedative effect to it. In fact, when there's too much of a sedative effect, that's when people code and die, right? That's why we have Narcan rules and things like that. So, uh, and when people overdose, because they are, like the commercial says, they are a very small form of heroin, essentially. So I think people need them, but to keep them around, that's where you start to build addiction. So what happens is people are like, oh, my back kind of hurts because I just went to base camp (laughs) and I came home, you know, a couple weeks later. Now my shoulder's fine. But now my back hurts. Oh, man, that pill worked great. Well, let me just take one. Oh. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, ah, I twisted my ankle when I stumbled out of the abbey. And uh, yeah, and they're like, well, I, I got a couple, so I'll take them. And the next thing you know, you're needing them. And it is, it's something you can't control because that drug is feeding essentially sensors, receptors in your brain and telling them, oh, look, we're out of pain. And then those receptors in your brain literally take over and say, we are going to do anything we can to have this drug fill up our receptors in our brain again. And that that's literally addiction. Huh. And that's why people go after this. Interestingly, too, on top of this, just because Motrin and ibuprofen are sold over the counter, they actually, there's all these different pain pathways, right, in our body, and I can get all super sciencey and geeky about this, but the way that Motrin works, if you take it the right way, actually works more on a musculoskeletal pain pathway better than opiates do. So it so might it's better for overall healing. It, it is. It's better for overall healing uh, for the most part. But it's also can actually really be better at your pain. But there's such a psychosocial component to this because everyone's like, wait, you're going to give me this thing that I can buy for four ninety nine at Walgreens. Dumb, dumb. Exactly. That's not going to help me. And so, you know, I tell people to remember the sixes when it comes to Motrin. 600 milligrams every six hours for no more than six days actually is almost like a miracle cure all for pain. And you can throw a little Tylenol in there because they're different medications. And the effect, research proven, the effect of ibuprofen along with Tylenol, 
neither of them have opiates in it, are just as good as managing your pain than that opiate is. Huh. Well, us gays are very familiar with 666, Mark of the Devil. No, I'm just <laughs> that, That's actually great, uh, a great uh, way to remember that. Thank yeah, you. So I have learned sixes. today that I am part of the problem, <laughs> and I will no longer but you won't be anymore, stash right? my painkillers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, we're going to be talking to Jarrett Hill next uh, for Drop the President, where we will break down the nitty-gritty of the Iowa caucus and the mess it has created and why people are up in arms and why people are creating memes. All that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie Johnson, joined all show long by nurse practitioner James Simmons, who, you know, while you're here, we might as well put you to work. I, I, I love it. I mean, this is a, this is a ask the NP at Instagram. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> ask the NP at Instagram. And while you're at it, at drop the subject on Instagram. Follow, follow, follow. We'll follow you back. And wanted to talk about, wanted to do a bit of a Mythbusters episode, if you will. There are a lot of myths and idioms, I guess you could, I don't know if the right word is idioms. What are but you calling me? Say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've been called that too. Okay? Uh, yes. uh-huh. no. um, but some of the colloquialisms that have been floating around when it comes to the common cold, say, you know, Oh, if you eat uh, if you eat chicken soup, you're going to heal faster. Say that's an example. Um, you know, when you wa- if you walk outside with your hair wet, are you go- are you more likely to get a cold? Mm-hmm. So we figured we would just go through some of these with you, and then find out once and for all if the things that our parents are teaching us are actually BS. <laughs> so the B, I am here to tell you how all of them are to tell your parents that they are full of ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and then be like, I have a nurse friend, and that's not true. You told me, Mom, I know this thing that you've been doing for me for 30 years, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. Well, let's start with the one that I actually believe is a tried and true method for curing a, a cold. Uh, soup. Mm. Soup seems like it would cure really anything. And even if it doesn't, do I really care? Because chicken soup is delicious, and... I just want it anytime I'm feeling crappy. That you you actually feeling crappy, you you nailed something about all of this. None of these actually really matter or work, but if they make you feel better, that's what matters. Oh. Like I just jump straight to the bottom line. We should definitely go through these, but Chicken soup will absolutely not cure anything. The (laughs) the common cold is a virus. So this will be an underlying theme throughout all of these. The common cold is a virus. You get it by breathing it in or touching any of your mucosal membranes. Mm. I like saying that. So like the inside of your mouth, your eyes. Exactly. So you get this virus. It causes the common cold. We all get it once or twice a year, more or less, unless you're my husband, who never gets sick, by the way. I don't know what is up with that dude. How is that possible? I'm donating him to science when he dies. So you get sick and he does not catch your cold. Correct. And you would think I have this like super immunity because I'm around sick people all the time. Yeah, that was my next question. Nope. Twice a year, like clockwork, I get the common cold. I know exactly how it goes. I'm also asthmatic too, which which puts me at much higher risk to get sick. Um, But so I like chicken noodle soup when I am sick or any soup. monster doesn't like chicken noodle soup? Correct. And I know very well- as a trained medical professional, that it is doing nothing for me except for in my head. And that really can be an important thing. Like, if you're feeling better, if you're feeling not anxious, if you're feeling rested, you're going to heal faster. Well, and there's a part of it where if you're, you say if you have a sore throat, for example, just drinking some, some warm liquids is probably going to soothe that without really helping it 
helping anything. Right. Yeah. So okay. it, it is not, there's no, as much love as your mama, your daddy, or whoever raised you put into that chicken soup that they heated up from Campbell's and gave you when you were sick, as much love as they put in that, it actually doesn't do anything to cure the cold because the cold is a virus. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Yep. Feed a cold, starve a fever. First of all, what the hell does that mean? And second of all, does it work? Which the, I think the answer is no. No. Right. There, there was this old adage that, adage that like if you uh, had a fever, it meant something more, and so you needed more energy, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you do have a legitimate fever, which is a temperature over 101.5, you are actually really sick, and you should seek professional medical help. You shouldn't starve or feed yourself. You should take your butt to your nurse practitioner or doctor's office, uh-huh. right? Um, but no, if you don't feel like hung, if you don't feel like hungry, if you don't feel like eating, if you're not hungry, don't. Oh, I, I actually tell people this. Don't force it. You you don't need to. Listen to your body, especially when you're sick. If you're hungry, eat. If you're not hungry, don't eat. Your body will tell you what you need. Okay. Vicks VapoRub in your socks <laughs> will cure a cough. <laughs> this is one that I've never heard before. That, what? I mean, have you ever even tried this? No, no I've not tried it, nor I've heard of it. But I, I mean, will it make your feet smell good, I guess? <laughs> I don't even think that's true. <laughs> I don't think Vicks VapoRub makes anything smell better than it already did. I love it. It's what I used to shave my head with. Oh, really? Vicks VapoRub. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, whoa. (laughs) You're like, that is fascinating. That does not seem like it would work. All right, we have to take a break, but maybe we'll uh, get to a couple more of these a little later in the show uh, because there are a few more here that we have to dispel. But when we get back, news it or lose it, James Simmons will decide how the next break goes. I have three stories, and he will news or lose whatever he chooses. That's coming up. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. James Simmons, this is your first time playing News It or Lose It. Are you ready to go? I have three stories here, and you have a bell in front of you. All you have to do, all you have to do, do do, <laughs> is decide whether to news it or lose it. Long time, long time listener, first time guest. I am so excited to play this game. You, <laughs> you have, have no the idea. Power. All I'm right. just, I'm practicing my bell. Ha! Okay. Headline number one: The new internet treasure hunt that could land you free streaming for a year. Mm, no, sorry, lose it. Whoa. <laughs> First one off the bat. <laughs> You're like, I can't wait. I'm going to lose them I'm all. I'm going to lose all three of them. Uh, all right, headline number two why hunting is dying. Oh, I'm from Nebraska. All right. We'll and then that. finally, uh, Marsha P. Johnson makes history getting the first state park in Brooklyn named after her. Can I? Does it count if I ring the bell a lot? Yes. Anything Marsha P. Johnson. Love it. Very All good right. Marsha P. Johnson and why hunting is going bye-bye. Those stories next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, here we go. James Simmons, who is joining me all show long, has news two out of the three stories. Not bad. Let's start with hunting, and then we'll work our way over to Marsha P. Johnson. Sound good? They, they have so much to do with each other. I mean, there's such a common thread <laughs> Isn't here. Isn't there, though? It's we're going we're gonna to weave those together. Obvious theme. Yep. Okay. Uh, 
hunting. Hunting is uh, hunting is dying. All right, mm. it's uh, it's mm. not growing in popularity. I know this might be shocking to people. <laughs> shocking. And I don't know if you want to chalk it up to millennials or you know the, we accuse millennials of killing all types of things. Mm-hmm. So why not give them this? Why right? not give them this sure. too? Which I think that they'd be happy that they killed hunting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Americans' interests in hunting is on the decline and. This actually might seem like a good thing if you are uh, a fan of animals living rather than dying, but <laughs> just as a general like concept, yeah, like, like yeah. I want animals not to be killed. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems that this is actually bad for conservation, ironically, because a lot of the funding for conservation efforts, wildlife conservation, comes from hunting licenses permits, taxes on firearms and bows and other equipment. So the fact that it's been on a steady decline, it has fallen from a peak of about 17 million in the early 80s to about 11.5 million. And that was in 2016. So it's probably gotten, they expect it's probably been gone down even about probably like two million more after that after that since sure. then well this is really interesting that, that you bring this up because i'm from nebraska and i though a very 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 my husband calls me a lefty left uh i i am interestingly not completely opposed to hunting and i totally draw that back to my roots growing up in nebraska and iowa etc because there is a massive deer population issue and so i have had uh family members and people that i know killed because they hit deers in rural roads while driving. And so part of the way that these states actually conserve their funds to then manage the animal control so that the deers don't take over farmlands for the food that we eat is to have a longer hunting season and to encourage hunting. So I have a little bit of a different perspective on it in that I generally, too, as a concept, want animals to live, but also for conservation reasons and so that people don't hit deer on the road. I think we should still keep hunting them. Okay, I I'm with you on the fact that if it's in excess, mm-hmm. if it's if there's too many, like rabbits in Australia, those it, things are running rampant. They're ruining everything, out of right? Control. So it's of course, if people are going to do that, it's the trophy killing that I have a problem with. Where it's like, dude kills giant polar bear and puts it as a trophy in his living room. That you're kind of like, why in the first place? And also, we need those. We need the polar bears. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because conservationists in other countries like Namibia, for instance, where the the big game lion hunting happens and we see those horrible pictures of, you know, people holding their guns and a dead lion, they actually also rely on the funds from illegal big game hunting to fund the conservation efforts to keep other animals going. James, you stop it. My brain is exploding. I know, All right, I know. we have to go to break. We'll get to this next story about Marsha P. Johnson in a second. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons, a nurse practitioner, uh, hanging out with me today. And we are in the second story of News It or Lose It. And this is one that you're passionate about. This is kicking off Black History Month. Uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo is making history. He is renaming a state park in Brooklyn in honor of Marsha P. Johnson, who is an activist, an icon, uh, one of the first trans activists ever to really make herself known. Absolutely. She she is a, was a landmark 
Um, her and Sylvia Rivera are, you know, there's that classic picture of you see of these of these two women who at the time were identified as either transvestites or drag queens. Today we would call these trans women, uh, but these two women were were sort of the poster children, if you will, of the immediately post Stonewall era and all the activism that came came out of that. And so it was, you know, the the organization that they're most known for was called Star Street Transvestites Action Revolutionaries. Mm. So Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera really laid the groundwork for, you know, the Christopher Street area being what it was and what happened after Stonewall and all that, you know, Chelsea becoming what it is and really paving the way for what ended up being controversially mostly gay men taking over that part of Manhattan and it becoming sort of a, um, uh, I know this term's out of favor, but a gay ghetto, if you will. And so mm-hmm. what I do, you know, I'm so I'm super passionate about everything that Marsha uh, did for our, our community and Sylvia and all of the activists and in particular the trans folks who really led the march for this. And yet... I think what's so horrible about this is that here we are in 2020, still with this, talking with these about problems, all the problems with the trans community and the and the particularly trans women of color um, yeah. who are still being murdered and all the things that are going on. Yet one of the, the the individuals who really started our entire movement, like the reason you and I are here as out and proud gay people on a gay radio station, is because of Marsha P. Johnson. Yet people we're like that, yeah, that we're still not ca- protecting her community. <sighs> yeah, I know, and it, I mean, at least I hope that you know. Andrew Cuomo dedicating this park. I mean, this is a, this is a history-making thing right now. I mean, the first park, this is the first time a park has been named after an LGBTQ person, right? So it it does seem like, why are we still talking about this? I can't believe that these mm-hmm. issues are still here. And then there are little things like that that you're like, yay, at least we've got... At least we've got this. At least we've and, got this. And hopefully, you know, a lot of times in in the school books when, when kids are learning about, you know, why was this park named? You know, we all learn, oh, why is it George Washington Park? Or mm-hmm. why is it X, Y, and Z? Or, you know, Cesar Chavez here in Los Angeles or whatever. We learn those things in school. And so what, what this hopefully will build is like a trickle effect, right? So the exactly. kids in Williamsburg and Brooklyn are like, why are we playing at Marsha P. Johnson Park? Like, what does yeah, that mean? Yeah, who is mean? that person? Exactly. exactly. And it, it is little things like this that, you know, we, we say, well, it's just a park. Like, we need to do so much more for the trans community. And I'm not speaking on behalf of the trans community, but, you know, we it is parallel pathing. So we do these things along with the really radical activism that has to come, that has to happen for members of our community to stop dying and to stop being murdered. And, I mean, let's not knock the park. Getting named, having a park named after you, I think that's pretty badass. I mean, it's definitely better than a highway. Yeah, no one was. Which all the way, which anybody way, can adopt and, and put anyone their name can on. get. And have you seen uh, someone? Something just around here. There's like a new Obama highway. That not to take away from Marsha P. Johnson right now, but I feel like there's like four Obama highways now in Southern California. Like, is, shouldn't there just be one? No, that's too confusing, even for me and for Ways. <laughs> she doesn't know where she is. She doesn't know where she's going. <laughs> uh, all right, Jarrett Hill will be joining us next for Drop the President. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject with Allie Johnson, and I'm joined all show long by nurse practitioner James Simmons. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, it's about time that we break down a little bit in more detail some of the things that happened yesterday and into the evening and are continuing today with the Iowa caucus. So, of course... We have to bring back Jarrett Hill. Welcome back to the show. I know you can't you tell that we miss you. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm here two days in a row. I know what is <laughs> happening. Well, I mean, there's a lot of crazy. I mean, it's like as soon as you left, things just 
kicked into high gear with craziness with the uh, with the caucus. So we figured I've I've spent so much time holding everything together. I guess when I left, it just all went awry. I guess so. Yeah, all the crazy <laughs> people were like, oh, "Okay, now that he's gone, we'll just be extra crazy." So what <laughs> what happened yesterday? I I know we talked a little bit about some of the app glitches and the problems, and you know how this all shook out. How there's pretty much no winner right now, but they might be releasing some results later today. Where are we at? Well, last night my hope was, you know, I hope that by 9 o'clock Pacific time there will still be something to talk about by the time we go on the air. And God, was there plenty to talk about? Um, the, <laughs> the Iowa Democrats uh, had a problem with a new app that they were using that was reporting all of the precinct results from the more than 1,600 precincts around the state that were caucusing. And so uh, pretty early on, you know, the, everyone was saying, like, we should have some kind of results at, like, even if it's like a few percentage points uh, reporting and there was nothing. And then eventually they told us that they would not have results last night um, and that we would seemingly be getting uh, results that will be uh, at five o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock Pacific time. So if you're listening on the podcast, obviously there's probably some more information that's out. But as we're listening right now live, uh, we're just kind of standing by because we're still a couple of hours away from getting partial results, not the full results. Everyone's kind of wondering what that even means. Well, it does seem, though, that a lot of the candidates are giving, quote unquote, victory speeches. I mean, Pete Buttigieg was like, we are victorious. Is that yeah. is that even true? I mean, it seems like they had victory speeches written and they were like, just edit this a little bit to say we're not really sure yet, but X, Y and Z. Yeah, well, I mean, every campaign prepares what they're going to say, you know, in advance of going out there. And really what, what changes, depending on how you do, is how it opens and how it closes, right? So, like, the middle is, you know, we're fighting for this, we're fighting for that, but the open is going to be we won or we lost. Amy Klobuchar came out first last night, which I actually thought was really, really smart for her because, I mean, let's be honest, she was not going to have a great night. Nope. And so you can, you can get out there in front of everyone and, you know, be first and have all of the airtime across all of the networks. Um, for at least that bit of a moment. People just came out and kind of claimed victory in a way that I think is surprising and weird. The great thing about the Iowa caucus is it gives whoever has the momentum in first place, or sometimes even in second place, um, a bit of momentum going into New Hampshire and the rest of the primary process. But in this situation, we don't even have a person that can claim that victory. So coming out and having a positive uh, message and you know saying that we feel like we did well tonight, is about as good as it's going to get because the unique situation that there is this time is that today, tonight is the State of the Union. So whoever wins is going to be overshadowed by that. Tomorrow, the Senate is voting on seemingly the acquittal of President Trump, and that will overshadow anything. And then it gets pushed to Thursday, and, so, and who knows what happens on that day. Um, so it's, it's going to be hard to see what's going to hard to know what's going to happen going forward. And, and I think hard, hard to know, Jared, is, is totally right. And, you know, there's that old adage about the Iowa caucuses that that has been around for a long time, basically since 1972, when the Iowa caucuses started going first was. Uh, Iowa never picks a winner, but they always pick a loser. And so with seemingly four individuals, really three, three and a half, sorry, Amy, that are that can sort of feel like they're all in that uh, above that 15 percent threshold going into New Hampshire. What do you think that does historically to to what is going to happen next week then in New Hampshire next Tuesday when we won't have you know, we don't always have a clear front runner coming out of Iowa, but we often have a clear loser. And it looks like regardless of app working or not, we don't have a clear anybody in this situation. 
Well, I think the word that I, I get so tired of saying and hearing is unprecedented, right? Like everything in this presidency has been unprecedented. And so much about this, can- this candidacy of all of these candidates, I should say, has been relatively unprecedented. If we're just looking at the Iowa caucus, it was rather unprecedented that they didn't have the Des Moines Register poll come out the day before. That kind of gives an indicator to so many undecided voters. We've never really had this situation before where we don't have any results and that the results will probably be spread out over multiple days. And so there's not a real way to know what this is going to do in New Hampshire, what this is going to do for South Carolina and, and Nevada as well. And then even for Super Tuesday, it really stunts the momentum for people. And realistically, I mean, I think some people could argue that we're not even going to really start seeing any kind of momentum until New Hampshire because this one was stunted so badly. But I think also it's going to raise the question of what we're talking about the future. What happens with the Iowa caucus going forward? So many people had already been upset about the Iowa caucus, saying it's not representative of the, of the United States and especially not the Democratic Party, but also – you know, it's an ineffective way to do elections. Caucusing is so odd and weird and anti-democratic to a lot of people. I can't imagine that we are going to continue doing the Iowa caucuses in the way that we have been doing them in future elections, simply based not just on this week, but over the conversation about caucuses. Hmm. And we only have a minute left, Jarrett, but our, I know that Nevada has said they're not going to use this app moving forward. Has, have we heard anything from New Hampshire? It seems like everyone's just going to throw this app out the window at this point. Well, they came out and said that there was like a coding error with this app, and that was the major issue that they had with reporting all of the information. Not exactly sure what to expect going forward because, you know, for the states that are using some kind of a technology, whether it be this app or something else that is new, you know, everyone's going to be under a new kind of scrutiny. And I can guarantee you, if I'm in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, in Nevada, whatever state, we are going to be looking closely at what our systems are. I can guarantee you that this week, Every one of those states is going to be setting up a contingency plan for what to do if we have a similar issue with our reporting system. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it in in the weeks to come. Or learning to speak Russian. Yeah. Or that. Or that, for sure. I'm just saying, not to be be a conspiracy theorist, but this seems awfully (laughs) funky to me. Yeah, I know. Of course there's a problem. Jarrett, thank you as always. Absolutely. Uh, All right. When we get back, ironically, we are discussing... How maybe you should just throw all your apps out the window for for just the tip Tuesday. (laughs) Digital detoxing. Is it good? Is it bad? This is the time of the show when we share tips, tricks, life hacks, things to make your life a little easier. So digital detoxing. There are some do's and some don'ts. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, Allie Johnson and James Simmons here with you today. And can you handle a digital detox? (laughs) Nope. Is, I don't think most people can, though they think they can. And this is just the Tip Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we like to cover tips, tricks, life hacks, things that uh, you know might make life a little bit easier for you. This one actually might make life a little harder. I know from personal experience, I have been kind of dipping my little toesies into the world of digital detoxing. And I'm a person, I don't know about you, James, but I'm a person that doesn't use my phone constantly or you don't think you use your phone constantly well we're, we're exactly. i want to back this up a little bit because i think this is really interesting so many people sort of play with this idea i'm gonna i need to be on my phone less or whatever so where did this come from like what was the inciting event that you were like i need to do a little digital detox well it started with a book recommendation oh well 
first of all, it started out with a goddess moon circle, but I don't need to get into that yet. <laughs> Wait, this is a cult, some cult stuff, right? Some, some goddess this moon, is the cult, cult circle. lesbian, yes. whatnot it's going a, on. It's a coven, James. Sorry, I mean, sorry, because all lesbians are witches. It's true. We all float. Is <laughs> yeah, that yes. the one? If you float, if you, no, or if you sink, you're if a you witch. Si- I don't know. I don't Either know. way, you ended up dying, but yeah. Do we have a minute already? Oh, oh. I, I thought Je- I thought Jesse was holding up the Producer one minute Jesse's sign. I was just like, doing "You exercises. are ridiculous! Right. How can I digital detox in Jeez. one minute?" <laughs> uh, so I got a book re- recommendation from a friend the, called "Digital Minimalism," and it's about mm-hmm. kind of scaling back the technology in your life, or at least optimizing it based on the reason you're using it, mm-hmm. right? Because the whole reason that we're using it is to make our lives easier. But then eventually, it starts not making our right. lives easier. Taking over, and they have all these comparisons to stress and anxiety, linking it back to the coming out of the first iPhone. Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, well, maybe I should just at least take a look at my screen time and what I use my phone for. Now, what we have here for Just the Tip Tuesday is a seven-day detox challenge that will transform your life, apparently. (laughs) It will transform your life. And this is... So let me just start with day one, and then I'll kind of go along and let you know where I'm at with my current detox. Please. uh All right. Day one is downloading a phone usage app and limiting yourself to two hours on your phone per day. Now, if you have an iPhone and you have it updated, you probably have the screen time app or section of your phone where you can kind of look at your screen time. And what I didn't realize is that you can schedule downtime for your phone where you cannot access your phone or certain apps once you've Get reached a limit. out. And I didn't know that you could do this. And now I have set restrictions on that. And it really helps you realize how much you use your phone. So, so how it works is you go to your phone and your, it, your face ID or your thumbprint or your code, whatever, it won't let you into your phone. Uh, it will. So, so there's a basically you can do downtime. So, for example, I set a time limit of from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. I can't be on my phone. Mm-hmm. I went at 9.05 to look at my phone <laughs> because I had a text message which showed up on my watch. Uh, oh. Then I unlocked my phone and I went to go see the text message and it was just a, a, a symbol saying you can't look at this You're text message. You're not supposed to look at this. So does your phone like shame you, right? Is it like you are a horrible person? No, for- but all the apps are grayed out except for like the alarm and a couple of little basic things. But if Excellent. you want to look at the text message you have to ask the phone for more time <laughs> can i please may, please may I have another please just give me a fix <laughs> and you can also if you're worried about getting say a phone call or a text message from a loved one and you want to worry about that you can actually set specific contacts that mm. can still contact you after that time for an emergency right so you were you surprised by the amount of time that your phone said before you even set this up you, the, the amount of time that you spent on your phone oh shocked I set a limit of one hour per day on social media because you can do specific apps, too. Oh, wow. I only want to spend one hour a day on social media. I was like, I'm never on social media anyway. The only times I ever am are from usually for, on behalf of the show. Like work, yeah. Yeah, work-related stuff. Um, I, so I set an hour limit, and by the middle of the day, it had grayed out all the apps. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way. 
I've been on them already for an hour. This app is horrible. It's terrible. I need a different app. Uh, okay, so day two is don't take your phone out while walking. And this is a great one because we take our phones pretty much everywhere we go all the time. But it's saying just for one day, just one, try to keep your phone in your pocket or your bag and don't uh, take it out. And even listening to music, they eliminate. Don't walk while you're listening to music. Just enjoy the silence and being alone with your own thoughts. Pe- people walk still? Uh, yes. <laughs> people go for walks? I, I wonder if what, this, you know, that's that? a good question, James. I wonder if this matters with e-scooters. <laughs> Don't take this out on your, on your what is that, a bird? Yeah. Right. Uh, number day three is to not take your phone out at social gatherings, which okay. I think this is etiquette. That's a given, right? That is like an et- exactly that is an etiquette thing. That is not being rude. That is not being whatever you want to say. We'll blame it on the millennials again. You uh-huh. got to bring it back to being in person, present. Now, this is something though that when you run it, th- when you run into a roadblock, it's when you're talking about a show and you can't remember who's in it. But, but that's okay because people did this for millennia before <laughs> right. their phone. That guy in that one thing, that one show. And yeah. then you're like, just someone look it up. Mm-mm. Or, hey, let's all take a picture together. Yeah, no. If all of you are not on your phones, those moments will forever be forgotten. It, it actually never happened if you didn't <laughs> document it and then post it on social media and then talk about it. All right. We have a few more to get to. So we're going to take a break and we're going to get back to the things that are going to make your life easier, supposedly with a digital detox, including not using your phone after 9 p.m. and using your phone when you're alone. There are rules for that as well. We'll get to all of it when we get back. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. So I'm totally going to practice welcoming everybody back to Drop the Subject. My name is James (laughs) Quincy Simmons, and I'm joined today by my guest, uh, co-host who's in studio. Do you like how I took over the show there? Thank you so much. We are technically having some not-so-technical difficulties at this time. You know what? This happens weekly. (laughs) Does it happen that often? Yes, these microphones, they just break apart. I don't know if it's these homophobic microphones. I I think that's what it is. There we go. All these queer people in the studio. So, you know, what what we were talking about before the break was actually uh, it's just the Tip Tuesday, and we were giving tips on digital detox. So while Allie is fixing her not-digital microphone, she was... Telling us about how she's taking a, a digital detox and why. You know, you sort of realize like exactly how much we spend on our phones yeah. and why and what you're actually doing there. So we're going through some of these tips about what are the are the things that you can do to digital detox and why. You know, I always got to bring it back to health. Why, from a health standpoint, this is actually really good for you. Yeah, I mean, I was reading about what are the biggest reasons why people can't sleep at night and number one is always technology it's always having a phone next to you get rid of the phone don't put it in your bedroom you know keep it far away for you and then you're like well how am i supposed to get up in the morning my phone is my alarm alarm. Mm -hmm. and you know if you don't turn off your notifications you're getting notifications all night and then the screen lighting up will wake you up right Mm -hmm. 100 percent. there's there's actually research about the the blue light that we can't even really see it's sort of imperceptible that comes from these digital devices really interrupts our ability to get REM sleep. So the really That's deep, the important one. Yeah, the really restorative important sleep, exactly. So you might be sleeping, but your phone, even if your notifications are on silent, particularly if you have an iPhone, sometimes those phones will light up. That's actually waking you up just a little bit. Even if you don't know it. Even if you don't know it. And so all night long, it's just like sleep apnea, actually. So people out there who literally stop breathing in their sleep, we like put massive machines on them because they're at higher risk for heart attack. Well, we're all plugging in this thing on our bedside stand next to us that's also waking us up periodically through the night. It's horrible It's for literally apnea. It, oh, 
Huh? Very good. You Thank win, you, you win so the day. much. I win the day. I'm so glad you were able to come on my show. Everyone is, I know. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, if there's no winner in Iowa, at least there's a winner here. There's a winner here. Uh, so day one of the detox was download a phone usage app, which you've already got if you've got an iPhone. Day two was don't take your phone out while you're walking, if you're walking. It's a good point, James, that you made. Day three is don't take your phone out at social gatherings. And if that one's really hard on you, then uh, just don't have any social gatherings that day. <laughs> right. Okay? So don't use your phone to text people to schedule social gatherings. Therefore, it's two for one. Right? All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Day number four is one that I have already been doing this week. Don't use your phone after 9 p.m. It says take today and pamper yourself after 9 p.m. You can run a hot bath. Watch a movie, read a book, perhaps. I know the physical pages might jar you, but taking the time that you would normally spend catching up on the news or just checking notifications will help you in the long run. And I will say it's been difficult because like the first day I was like, this is fine. I'm done. Nine (laughs) o'clock. I'm over it. I'm putting that down. Bye bye, phone. And then the day after that, I, like I said, I had gotten some text messages, and I was like, all right, well, I'll just check these real... Nope, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so but much shame, guilt, your phone won't let you... So so this is take a nap, or take a nap, that would be go to sleep. Run a bath, read a book. Oh, it does say watch a movie. Okay, I was going to say, are they fully digitally detoxing you? Like, are you also taking away my Netflix? Because then I might have some no, issues. No, that's different. And in the at least in the book that I'm reading, Digital Minimalism, they're talking about... It's mainly phone and social media and things that you're constantly checking because mm. uh, that's what's mainly in- inhibiting and not doing us any favors gotcha. is the fact that you're checking your social media all the time or just using your phone compulsively. Mm-hmm. All right. Day six, don't use your phone while you're. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. Day five. Turn off your notifications. Now, this is something that I did on a vacation. Uh, I was going out of the country towards the end of last year, so I decided to turn off all my notifications, and then I never did it when I got back, and I have not missed it a one bit. Good for you. You know, this reminds me of there's all these books about productivity that you should not live your life based on email. So, you know, people who a lot of people who sit at computers all day long and they get emails all day, and that sort of drives your day and your productivity. I feel like notifications on your phone are the same thing, right? You're They're constantly notifying you, oh, someone liked your tweet. <gasps> I better go see who liked my tweet and then do this and then the next thing you know it's 45 minutes later and you're lost in Twitter. Exactly. And you're like what did I even start doing on this phone? Right. What was I doing in the first place? Oh yeah paying my bills yeah. right? Like Another quick thing that the, just I know we're running out of time because we have a couple more here but another thing they suggest in the book is to get an actual watch because a lot of people will get sucked into the black hole of their phone just because they started to check the time. Oh, really? And you're like, I was just seeing what time it was, and then uh, I saw that I had notifications, so I opened my phone, and then guilty. a half an hour later, you're like, <laughs> you're wait, what was I phone. doing? Right. All right, day number six is don't use your phone while you're alone. No porn on the phone. Oh, yeah, forget, let's just skip That's that one. Super sad. That's really I, difficult. I totally disagree. What am I supposed to do when I'm alone, okay? Think. <laughs> right. Read. All right. Clean. Finish picking my nose. Yeah. All right, and then finally, day seven is perhaps the most difficult. Don't charge your phone for a few days. Uh, it says today will be the hardest day, but... Uh, <laughs> Literally crying over here. But a few days not charging your phone is going to feel like a breath of fresh air. They recommend doing this, but completely recharging with a short staycation or a holiday. So know that you're going to be away from your phone for a couple of days. Just pretend like you lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry, could, couldn't get back to you. And then you can be like, new phone, who dis? Yeah, that's what you do it for is the who dis text messages. All right, we'll be right back. More Drop the Subject comes up. Drop the Subject.
Channel Q. Mm, some tweets coming through here at DTS Show on Twitter. If you're not following us already, highly suggest you do. I'm Allie Johnson here with James Simmons, a nurse practitioner today. And uh, somebody just commenting on the conversation that we just had about a digital detox, saying that if basically they, <laughs> this is from Chris Contreras, if I can't use my phone, I guess I can't listen to the show anymore. Don't. Um, that is not what we're saying at all. Correct. No, there are other ways. You can go to wearechannelq.com and listen on your computer, which is approved. You can go drive around, mm-hmm. and if you have an HD tuner in your car, you can listen to us on whatever HD subchannel you're in in whatever exactly. city Exactly. Thank you very much, James. Come That's on, very Chris. true. Chris should know better. Isn't Chris like super fan, Chris? Like, <laughs> Chris is a good fan of the show. Chris should know better. Uh, also, a question coming through. Oh, my God. My family, my wife's family subscribes to that whole Vix makes everything better claim. It drives me crazy that they insist on rubbing Vicks on my daughter's feet, on her back. It's a heat-activated menthol vapor. You inhale it, damn it. Hence why you rub it on your chest. On your chest. Since the warmth will activate it. Also, can you ask Dr. Jen Mann how to tell my wife's family that she's effing crazy? Oh, that they are effing crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that'll have to be next we'll week. Save we'll save that one for that. next week. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a lot of, th- a lot of people are talking about the Iowa caucus today. Of course, everyone's saying it was a giant disaster, but uh, it's actually been kind of good for Channel Q because it has allowed us to have a new sponsor. Uh, Yes. Way to go, Channel Q. It's very exciting. And thank you, Iowa. And thank you very much, Iowa, for the mishaps. You know, there are a lot of people who suffer from caucus dysfunction. And so this new sponsor should help set you straight. Suffering from a failed or dysfunctional caucus? You're not alone. Every year, thousands of men suffer from ineffective caucuses. But there is help. Introducing voting. It's actually pretty simple. Just show up, vote, and get results. It's a much simpler process. End caucus dysfunction with voting. Paid for by Big Caucus Energy. Not available in Russia. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Ali Johnson and joined today by J- uh, James Simmons, a nurse practitioner. And of course, let's just keep this professionalism going. We've got Dr. Jen, our licensed relationship therapist. How are you, Dr. Jen? I am good. How are you? Fantastic. We wanted to ask you, uh, and this is something that I've been thinking about recently, but I figured you'd have good advice. What do you do when you have to split up all of your furniture and your pets and all that crap after a really long relationship? I have a friend who's been in a relationship for years. I mean, they live together. They have adopted, you know, I think they have like three pets and she just moved out and she was talking about how traumatizing it's been to move out of the house, go through all the drawers, find out the stuff that's just hers. So I figured we could talk to you about any advice you have around splitting things up, how best to do it while keeping your sanity. A hundred percent. And first of all, one thing for couples to keep in mind when they move in together, when they start sharing assets, is it's important to have a conversation from the beginning. Hey, I know we don't like to think about this, but we're buying a really expensive TV together. If our relationship goes south, 
How are we going to handle this? Talk about it in advance. That's the number one thing. Because, look, the reality is, you know, when you're not married, certainly, but even when you're married, there's always a possibility that things could go south and that you might need to know that in advance. And it could save heartache to have that agreement because it's sad enough that you're breaking up. But to have to divide goods is always even more painful. But I think that, you know, there are some times where it's pretty clear cut. Okay, you guys bought that tennis racket together, but... She always uses it. You rarely uses it. You you rarely use it. So okay, great. Let her have it. Then there are other things where it's a little more iffy. And really, the the key is going to be to talk through it together and to be reasonable. And if you can't come to a conclusion together, then to figure out the value of it and what an equitable split would be, and have one person buy the other person out of their share. Hmm. Now with with actual like the day, like moving day, like my my. Uh, my friend was just moving out and she was like, this was a really, really hard day. I had to go through all of our stuff and I didn't realize how much we had. Do you recommend maybe having like a lag week where you have a longer period of time to go through some of this stuff? Because it seemed like a 24 hour kind of like rush of all of these emotions. And I don't think she was ready for it. Well, I think on one hand, once you've made a decision to have a breakup, if you can do it swiftly and quickly, it's always nice not to drag it out. You know, sometimes dragging out is like amputating the arm finger by finger. Oh, God. That bed, sometimes... That's bad. You just need more time. Like, there are only so many hours in a day. We're working people. Like, you know, you, you have to actually have the time to make a thoughtful division of, of, of things. You know, the, the stuff as I often call it, can be very painful and very difficult. And there are some things that need to be talked about and negotiated, and that takes time. Hmm. Dr. Jen, this is James. Uh, You know, I I really loved what you said earlier about have a conversation about um, the things that you're buying beforehand and this, you know, a pet in particular that's, uh, you know, so valuable to everyone. But I just can't help but think, you know, people have issues. It makes me go down the road of a, a prenup. And uh-huh. people really have issues with that term and with talking oh, yeah. about this. And so, well, if you're already thinking about us breaking up, should we even get this dog in right. the first place like that? How do you actually really address that and say, no, 180 degrees opposite? I'm so invested in us having, you know, if something were to happen in the future, like, you know, how do you address that, Dr. Jen? Yeah, well, look, to me, here's what I always say. And I am a fan of prenups. I actually wrote a column in InStyle magazine that because millennials are actually asking for prenups more than any other generation, and they're asking for prenups. You think of uh, prenups as being something that wealthy people do, but people who are not wealthy are actually asking for them. And, you know, I interviewed Laura Wasser, who's a very well-known celebrity divorce attorney, and one of the things that she talked about is that, you know, this is that, that you want to be doing this negotiation when you're at your best. When you are happy and you're engaged or you're moving in together, you're at your best to make that decision as opposed to when you're pissed off, you're hurt, you might be feeling revengeful. It's better to have the conversation when you're in the good place than when you're in the bad place. I always say to couples when they're talking about a prenup is that, look, who you are today, I, who could imagine you guys splitting up? I, I, it, it, it's inconceivable. But in order for you two to get to the place where you are actually breaking up a marriage or breaking up a relationship or someone's moving out, some bad stuff must have gone down. And who knows what state of mind you're going to be in. So it's to everyone's advantage 
to have the discussion when you're in the good place rather than the bad place. Or you have the conversation, you put it on a shelf, and you never talk about it again, and you live happily ever after. Mm. Yeah, that shelf gets really heavy for a lot of people. Doesn't it, though? You can get Dr. Jen's book, The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. She also has a weekly column in InStyle on InStyle.com. Dr. Jen, always a pleasure. I know you have to get back to your clients, so we're going to bid you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Yes, of course. We'll see you next week. Bye. I just think it's so interesting. Uh, Dr. Jenman brings up this point about, you know, where where you change as a relationship, right? You start in this happy, magical, wonderful, like rom-com place, right? Yeah. And I honestly, I bring up rom-coms on purpose. I feel like they completely ruin relationships. And I'm such a like, um, I'm such a, I'm a little type A and I'm a little bit like uh, logical. And my, my husband gives me a hard time about that. But I literally am like, okay, I can see a life with this person. I can envision that. So let's plan really aggressively for the future, right? If we break up, this happens. If we get in a car accident in 2028, this should happen. Like, that's where my brain goes because I'm into it. So the romance, the the rom-com romance is an issue in my relationship as well. Mm. Because every time we're watching, not that we watch a ton of rom-coms, but anytime there's a, a like that ending scene where someone's running through the airport to go, you know, catch this person before they hop on the plane to Canada or wherever it is. <laughs> it's always Canada. It's always Canada. Yeah. Uh she will inevitably turn around and be like, why don't you do blah, blah, blah for me? And I'm like, this is a movie. This is not real life. And I think we need to also just, like, these people have been together for an hour and a half. We've been together (laughs) for 10 years. Right. And and, uh, I can't. This is why we don't watch rom-coms anymore. Just saying. It tears your relationship apart. I (laughs) love that. Uh, Okay, when we get back, there is a caucus goer that has flipped out because she... She voted for Pete Buttigieg (laughs) and then learned he was gay. Uh, There's also a response from the precinct captain that had to have a very serious conversation with her after learning this information. We will get to the audio when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie Johnson here with Drop the Subject. James Simmons, a nurse practitioner, has been hanging out with me all show long. Thank you so much, James. I've been having a great time with you on the air. The pleasure is all mine. And, you know, being on an LGBT radio station, I feel like we have permission to hand out awards, like Ally of the Week. (laughs) I'm just going to create that award now. I love it. And we're going to give it to this woman. Now, uh, her name is Nikki Heaver. And she is, I believe, probably by the end of the day, she's going to have a lot more Twitter followers than she has now. She's one of the precinct captains in rural Iowa. And during the caucus, she dealt beautifully with a woman who voted voted for Pete Buttigieg and then realized (laughs) that he was gay, which is, is almost impossible to do. I mean, if you know who the candidates are... What is the first piece of information you learn about Pete Buttigieg? That he's a big mo. That he's gay. <laughs> so the fact aye, that aye, she aye. remained that in the dark and decided to vote for him based on no information, I can mm-hmm. assume, mm-hmm. is fantastic. But uh, Nikki did a great job with it. And I'm just going to play this audio now for you and we can go through it and talk about it. The audio quality is not super great. I'm just going to give you a fair warning, but it is important, so I want to play it. He, yes, yes, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's married to him, yes. We need to find out if that's serious. Well, then I don't want anybody like that in the White House. So can I have my card back? 
So the woman says, <laughs> can, can, I, can I have my card back? She wants the card back <laughs> now that she's learning that Pete Buttigieg is with a man. And uh, so the the, the a precinct captain responds. I don't know. You signed it. We could go ask. She's saying, we, you already signed it. I mean, we could go ask, but now let me talk to you. I never knew that. Well, so, and that was like, like, the whole point of it is, though, if, I mean, he's a human being, right? Just like you and me, and should it really matter? That's what. Well, he better read the Bible. So she's saying, ah, she's saying the, the point is that he's a human being and doesn't matter. But but Great, he, he but, still needs to go read the Bible. But she said, <laughs> but. He needs to go read the Bible. And I just think that this is... So she's going to go on to say that she's Christian, this mm-hmm. Nikki, uh, you know, the, the precinct captain. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this is so important because I think it's always important to highlight the fact that there are religious people out there who are accepting. And not everybody who subscribes to a certain organized religion is a person who hates gay people, a person who is completely closed-minded to other beliefs. Right. And Nikki is one of those people. He does. And he says that God doesn't choose a political party. Because why does it say in the Bible that a man should marry a woman then? Well, I totally respect your viewpoint on this. I so totally do. But I think that... We were not around. How come this has never been brought out before? It's, it's common knowledge. <laughs> She's like, listen, woman, this this is common knowledge. Okay. But you know, I do think it's it's really interesting, and I have to bring this up as a I am a PK. Do you know what a PK is? Um, no, pretty kinky. Well, that too. But I am a <laughs> pastor's kid, so I grew up in the church. I grew up in the United Methodist Church, which interestingly is splitting right now over the LGBTQ issue. And nowhere in the Bible, you know, she did say, why does the Bible say that that a man should marry a woman? It does actually say that. It doesn't say that it's required. But everyone always brings up the Bible and says, the Bible says, thou man shall not lie with man. It does not say that at all. Everyone's referencing this Leviticus Leviticus passage, which that's not what they're referencing at all. They're referencing something very, very different that the Romans used to do that involved pedophilia and whatever. That's not what the Bible is talking about. It actually nowhere in the Bible says man shall not lie with man. Well... Regardless, I know for sure it doesn't say woman shouldn't lie with woman. <laughs> hey, I think Mary Magdalene. No, okay, no, da, no, da, well, I mean, you know, no, she... you're, that's true. I actually just learned about all that stuff with the Romans, which is a completely different thing. Totally different thing. But isn't it funny that that's what she defaults to, right? She's like, wait, this guy's gay, and oh, but the Bible says an X, Y, and Z, and and it, it is so interesting to me as also a Midwesterner that. You know, I said to people for a long time, I think Mayor Pete is going to surprise you because he's moderate enough, and this is a little bit controversial, but he's moderate enough, he's white, he's outwardly Christian, and he's a veteran. And the people Mm. that I grew up with in the Midwest- They love that. They love all of that. And so they're sort of kind of like the Republicans are willing to look aside what Donald Trump's been doing. And I'm not making a comparison between Donald Trump and Pete Buttigieg, but Mm. but they're willing to say, well, this guy's gay, meh. Because he served our country, he's a Christian, he's a white guy, he's pretty moderate. Right, so if you've got your pro column and your con column, gay's the only thing in the con column, really. So uh, you're like, no, oh, whatever. Yeah, well, I'll just tell him to read the Bible then. I'll it, just it, tell him to fine. read the Bible and then I'll cast <laughs> my vote. Yeah, well, uh, Nikki Healy, congratulations. You've won the unofficial award of Ally of the Week. We appreciate you. And uh, it's time for News That Are Losing next. Are you ready for this? Oh, I am so ready. That's coming up. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents 
News It or Lose It. <laughs> Quickly, before we get into the News It or Lose It headline selection, uh, there's a Channel Q thread. We were passing around this story about the woman who voted for Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> and DJ Lisa Pittman, who you can hear on the station, she said, uh, she said, I would have definitely said, lady, do you realize that you look like a lesbian? Because <laughs> like, if you look and we'll put the, we'll tweet this out. Uh, yeah, definitely looks like a Home Depot customer and a cat owner. <laughs> she did. Well, I, mean, I think I have this haircut. I, well, I, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> she does. OK, that was the first thing I thought I probably should have been able to say that we're on a queer radio station. I was like, this lady's got some closet issues going on here. I love it. OK, so now it's my turn to news or lose the stories that you pitch. Uh, go ahead, James. Whenever I am you're ready. So, so excited about this. I've been waiting for this for a long time. OK, story number one. Tanzania bans lube because it, quote, promotes homosexuality. (laughs) Well, I mean, I won't argue. Hey. News it. One for one. Number two. L.A. restaurant owners reveal what customers just love to steal. Oh, yeah. Gotta know that, Definitely gotta know that. I've never stolen I, I know that you're lying, no, and I've no. only known you for one day. Ah, very, very good. Uh, so maybe we shouldn't do that one. Uh, number three. Let's see if I can do three for three on my very first try. All right, here we go. Last one. A little drum roll for myself. It... Crazed pastor says coronavirus is God's revenge for gays. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh my god. I mean I can't Yay! not. That means three you got three for three. 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 You're about First to see the number of the day <laughs> is three. three. So Alright, we'll hear those stories when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, awkward. <laughs> I'm still dancing. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Drop the Subject, News It or Lose It. And uh, James Simmons, your first day on the show, and you've gotten a three for three. And we, I mean, come on now. I don't want to toot your own horn, but toot, <laughs> right. toot, toot. I don't want to say how awesome I am, but just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Uh, all right, let's get started. We are on limited time. We are limited time. So story number one, Tanzania bans Lou because it promotes homosexuality. Now, this is the the country, by the way, who recently just lost more than $10 million in humanitarian aid because of their anti-LGBTQ stance. I have heard that they're very anti-LGBT, which is, why are you anti-anything when you have a population problem? Like, they're trying to get people to move there. Mm -hmm. They're like, please, Mm -hmm. we'll pay you. To come here. Please. <laughs> to, to come here. To c- <laughs> and the, some of the most beautiful places on earth, some of the wildest right. animals, some of the, the tourism and their tourism. We is, want is to go there. Correct. Us gays want yeah. to go there. We like wild rhinoceroses too. <laughs> but yet, I wonder if I can bring my lube into the country. Well, so anyway. BYOL? Right, so, <laughs> very good. Uh. So although same-sex relations are outlawed in the East African country, locals say the situation took a turn for the worse in 2016 with the uh, election of this new president, who's gone on to do things like ban HIV testing. What? Yes. Even just the testing? Even that just, seems important. Y- you'd think, especially in a sub-Saharan African country where HIV and AIDS is, is rampant and sort of out of control. And as a public health person, one of the biggest ways that we can help combat the sexual transmission of HIV is through lube, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you if you don't have lube, there are microscopic tears. 
oh, on God. the receiving partner, right? When you're doing making it do what it uh, do, regardless uh-huh. of what hole you're talking about. Right. But if you use lube, those tears don't happen. The transmission of potential transmission of HIV is much harder. Huh. So Astroglide is saving lives. It, <laughs> there you go. That's but amazing. Now you have to go to the hospital to get lube. In Tanzania. In Tanzania. Wow. You can't just buy it anywhere. And you have to fill out a questionnaire, including asking you what you're going to do with the lube. Whoa. Okay. So then very quickly before we move on to the next story, as a nurse practitioner, what do you recommend other than lube? Yeah. Olive oil? (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, well, olive oil is not condom friendly. Uh, (laughs) That's a tough one. Did I just reveal something about myself? Wow. I mean, hey, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. I did say I was a PK. Right. Uh, (laughs) So uh, number two, LA restaurant owners reveal what customers just love to steal. So before I tell you officially what they love to steal, um, Allie, what have you may or may not have stolen from a restaurant? (sighs) I mean, it's really only been glasses, like like, like a a pint glass Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. wine glass or something like that. And honestly, it's not my idea. My wife likes to collect. And she got it from her grandmother. Her grandmother would be like, just put it in your purse. Right, right. Throw her right under the bus there. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I love you. Sorry. (laughs) But so you're right there with glasses. Copper mugs tops the list. Oh, well, those are expensive to buy, they so are. they're not expensive to steal. And they're so nice. Tiki glasses. Um, tiki glasses. By the way, light bulbs? How do you steal a I'm light bulb? I'm sorry. If you don't have light bulb money, <laughs> those things are like 50 cents. Yeah, and how do you get up on a, like, you have to stand on a table, theoretically, to get to some of those things. And burn your fingerprints off? Yeah. Last story. We're going to make this <laughs> in. I know we got to wrap up. <laughs> It's totally worth it. Craze Pastor says coronavirus is God's revenge for gays. Okay, but we don't know. It's not like it's only been exclusive to gay people. Everyone's getting coronavirus. No, every, no. It's because we allow the gays. Oh. It's, we're killing everyone now. See, uh. see, this is the. It's like they used to oh, say about AIDS in the '80s, uh. or some people are still saying now. So, yeah, this far right broadcaster and conspiracy theorist has announced that all of the people who have died from coronavirus and the people who have gotten sick from it, it is really because the world has uh, allowed there to be homosexuality. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't like to take credit for too many things, but... (laughs) But for this one, you can. Coronavirus? That was me, baby. (laughs) We're going to rename it to Corona Gay Virus. (laughs) All right, Happy Endings is next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, well, the bad news is that, sadly, we need to say goodbye to you. But I know the good news is that I have had an incredible time with you, James. James Simmons has joined me throughout the entire show. It's been really fun. It has been fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I I hope the listeners, I hope y'all enjoyed as well. Are you not amused? Are you you not amused? Yes. And where can people follow you, find you, and send you pictures of their genitals, which is something that we need to discuss next time you're on (laughs) the show. Next time, Rod. I am at Ask the NP. NP is a nurse practitioner. Ask the NP all over social. And you like to say, ask the NP the things you wouldn't ask your physician, right? Yes. Everything you're too scared to ask your MD. Ask the NP. Yeah. And which, boy, do they ever. Which, yeah, really <laughs> lets people's freak flag fly. Uh, all right, let's get into some happy endings. And, uh, James, if you're not familiar, this is the time in the show where we take something that might have been a little sad, maybe a little bit of a bummer town, mm-hmm. and we make it positive. 
And we give it a little bit of a silver lining sure. so that people have something nice to take into the remainder of their day. Uh, would you like to go first? Not to put you on the spot sure. too much. No, I, I think I can do this. I think we can. Uh, you know, we had some some uh, <laughs> caucusing issues. We had some digital detox in the show today. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, the, the Iowa caucuses app developed by Shadow will now go down in history as an epic failure. Uh-huh. But True. at least it can join other epic failures that we'll remember forever, like Friendster and MySpace. Oh, you're right. It will go in the Hall of Fame of awful apps. Of the worst technology ever created. Yeah, and you know what? MySpace had a solid run. It did. It did. And I think this app did right up until last night. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of people who have tried to create apps that really failed. And there's only a few, really, that have become those successful unicorns. So they really are in the majority. They they are. So they should feel good about themselves. They They have gotten at least a C plus in doing exactly what every other app has done. That's true. Most yeah. people don't even get past the uh, concept phase. C- correct. But you they know? actually tried to implement this <laughs> and then proved it was like their own proving grounds, right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to fail epically, but maybe that was their plan overall. All along. I'm just saying this is some wow. involvement from maybe other country. I mm. love how much of a conspiracy theorist you are. <laughs> I just uh, gotta sneak that in. There. I love it. Okay, Jesse, do you have a do you have a happy ending there, buddy? Yeah, I do. Um, so Jarrett might have left us last week, mm-hmm. but at least he's kind of like my ex and calls every day. <laughs> That's a great Very happy good. ending, Jesse. It's true. We did hear from Something Jared Hill. Dysfunctional is uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is always nice to hear from an ex, and uh, yeah, he is really clingy, isn't he? Yeah. Jeez, it's like we're trying to ghost him, but we just that can't. Guy. Uh, All right. That's true. We have to do a digital detox on Jared. No, that's not true. We love him and miss him. Okay. Here's my happy ending. And um, uh, we will see you tomorrow for another live show. Of course, download the podcast when you you have a second. If you missed anything on the show today, highly recommend. We had some great stuff on the show today. Drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. You can give it a download, catch up on everything you missed, and hear the whole show with James Simmons. James, thank you so much for joining me again. My pleasure. And uh, you're welcome anytime on the show. And uh, so here's my happy ending. Sure, the caucus may have been a gigantic failure. And I still don't think we have any results from it. But at least Channel Q has won because we got a sponsor out of it. Here it is. Suffering from a failed or dysfunctional caucus? You're not alone. Every year, thousands of men suffer from ineffective caucuses. But there is help. Introducing voting. It's actually pretty simple. Just show up, vote, and get results. It's a much simpler process. End caucus dysfunction with voting. Paid for by Big Caucus Energy. Not available in Russia.